Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, afternoon for some of you, and even morning for some of you that's listening in. Welcome to Dow Tuesday, human Session within the tree of life. Man, time is rolling. We're on episode number four. If this is your first time listening to this particular episode, I hopefully ask you just to go back into the archives and start with the one that is labeled um, number one. So, again, this is Dow Tuesdays. Human Ascension within the Tree of Life, when we talk about the Tao from the Chinese system, which simply means the way or the path, and Pu is a new opener of the way. I am your host, Ampu, the opener of the way from the Egyptian mythology aspect. And um, we blend the Tree of Life Western mysticism to understand the relationship of the one and universal mother and father principle called life. And I'll show you how it works. So if you if this is your first time, you're in for a treat. So go back to show number one and walk up the tree of life. Speaking of the tree of life, open up the extra window on your computer and um, Google image Kabbalah tree of life so you can understand the spheres as I talk about them and as I give the, talk about the diagram and going up, you're right along with me. So paint a picture of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Kabbalistic tree of life if you um, don't have one already, all right? And it's 10 centers. You'll see it. It's 10 energy centers. And it's really talking about uh, our relationship with the cosmos, all right? So before we get started, some quick announcements. Of course, visit the website, myastrologycoach.com. is the main website. That's our mother site. Um, go to the events tab. The Equinox is coming up this weekend, and it's already here. The first day of spring is like Friday, all right? Uh, we'll be in, in Florida. We're down in Orlando. If you can meet us there, if you can get down there, we're going to have a powerful, powerful um, um, gathering. We'll have a workshop Friday night, and um, then we're going to head over to the beach and get together with some fire in the ocean and make it very, very, very special. The next morning, we'll wake up and have a sunrise meditation on the Atlantic Ocean, embracing the cosmic oneness, this this phenomenon called the equinox, this phenomenon when the Earth is just, you know, that second time of the year, technically the first time of the year, but it's only two days out the year that the Earth is completely in balance with the um, amount of daylight to nighttime hours the Earth herself becomes truly engulfed in balance on the equinox points. Um, so we're going to wake up in the morning on Saturday and you have a beautiful sunrise meditation. Then we're going to go skydiving. So those of you who are a little bit afraid to release some fears, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, that comes up. Um, the skydive thing is something fun that's going to help you just really release your fears and overcome certain things, whatever it is. Put it down on the ground on your target, and when you jump off that plane, understand that you are totally releasing that energy, and, and that's one of the best ways to do it when you are having a energetic rush thinking about something increases the likelihood of that actually happening, that what you're thinking about, all right? So that's that day. Um, jet skiing, day of fun at Disney. It's just going to be a phenomenal weekend this upcoming weekend. So if you can get down to Orlando, meet us there. Go to the website, myastrologycoach.com. Click on the events tab and select the meet us there option. And um, be there. Our next annual gathering will be the summer solstice around June 20th, 21st, 22nd, up in that weekend. We'll be out in California. Knows how to party. That's where we'll be at. And uh, it's going to be phenomenal, a day in San Francisco, a powerful workshop um, that we put together again. 
and I'm um, going to actually travel up to Mount Shasta. If you've never heard of Mount Shasta, Google Mount Shasta. Read some phenomenal books and stories about Mount Shasta. It is definitely a spiritual antenna. If you're familiar, it's something called the crystalline grids on the Earth that um, they're basically vortexes of energy on the planet Earth that emits strong chi, strong spiritual energy. Sedona, Arizona is known for this beautiful energy. I got pictures of the energy in Sedona. Um, Asheville. Um, Serpent Mound, you know, these 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 um, native mound places have a lot, a lot, a lot of um, energy that's there. Uh, well, the crystalline grid, Mount Shasta serves as a major antenna for the overall grid of, of the earth, okay? Um, read up on that, man, because it, it's just it is some phenomenal pictures of some very mysterious clouds that hangs over Mount Shasta. And the whole ancient Numerian um, legend goes back to Mount Shasta as well. So it's it's just a beautiful place. I've been there personally. Um, I've been at the base of the woods. I tell the story over and over again every time I think about it because I'm telling you a true real-life experience. This is just not the philosophy and rhetoric that you hear about the place. I've physically been there, and I heard the mountain humming by itself. It is emitting a certain sound. So think about it like this. If the human body has um, chakras, energy centers in the body, well, the earth can have chakras too. She's she's an energy being. She spins. She pulsates. She vibrates. She 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 gyrates. She twerks. She does it all, right? She gives us earthquakes. She gives us high tides and low tides. She she has a, a a very interesting dance that she does going around the sun. Okay, so um, saying that to say that there's certain there's certain G spots that the Earth got. Okay. So you know how you like to go to Jamaica for your vacation. You like to go down to Cancun. and like to get down in the Atlantic because you like that blue water. No, even though the water ain't blue, when you put your hand in it and put it in the palm of your hand, it's not there. It's really just the light reflecting off the gas, the ether that's creating the illusion that is blue. But we like the illusion. See, that's what this whole realm is about and down here on Earth. This is the realm of ultimate illusion. But the Earth has G-spots. Mount Shasta is one of the biggest G-spots, all right? So you want to be there for our summer solstice um, gathering, and you'll see that on myastrologycoach.com under the events tab as well, all right? Mark your calendars. If you haven't already, the pre-release on iTunes is 420, all right? I have a project coming out called Planets in Harmony, and guess what? I'm doing a double release. And there's going to actually be another project coming out called The Zodiac Made Easy, all right? So these are two iTunes projects that's coming out to you in a digital format so you can understand the basic flow of this energy. If you notice, uh, if you've been with me for a while, I discontinued all the products that I personally was on, um, DVDs and CDs, so I can force myself to create some new material for you and just put it in a different format, and this is what we're doing. So mark the calendars for 420 on the pre-release. Um, for Planets in Harmony, which is called The Frequency of God, and then also The Zodiac Made Easy. All right, going to explain it in a real simple format. This is going to be the one that you listen to to educate yourself and share with others so they can educate um, themselves about um, the cosmic energy at hand as well. All right, under the membership tab on my astrology coach, we've got the Full Moon Empowerment Club where we get together every month and we just man, get together and just 
harmonizing and, and, and have the same conscious intent, that is so beautiful to me. We get together, have the same conscious intent on the full moon. The full moon we automatically know has a uh, an affinity with the earth. It controls the high tides, low tides on the waters and whatnot. So therefore it has an affinity on the human body because the human body is over 70% water as well. And then you see this, this, this beautiful phenomenon inside of the woman's menstrual cycle where you can clock the moon and, and the phase or the, the, the constellation that the moon is in on your menstrual cycle, and then you clock it again, and then you start to see a pattern that's going to take place, you see. So there's, without a shadow of a doubt, an affinity um, that the moon has on human consciousness. And whatnot. So that gravitational pull is an invisible magnetic force, right? You can't see it, but you can feel it. It's a force, okay? So we, what we have to do is you can't see thoughts. Thoughts become manifestations as physical goals and things that we acquire, but the physical thought itself will always remain in the unseen world. Well, what we have to do is interject the thought inside of the right portal, inside of the vacuum, inside of the gravitational pull of the moon, right, because it's pulling on the earth. So imagine the moon outside and draw these invisible lines coming from the moon to the earth. This is gravitational pull, right? Okay, so it's a two-way relationship. There's energy from the moon coming to the earth, and then it's also energy from the earth because the earth is spinning, right, as it's going around the sun, and then the moon is traveling around the earth. So it's an energetic force that's coming from the earth going to the moon. We have to be conscious of this two-way relationship, and it's really two females that's actually making this happen, which is your whole, um, you know, it's your whole story in Egypt of Nephthys and Isis, these two goddesses that was flanking Asar. But anyway, um, this individual, invisible uh, I'm sorry, it's invisible pull, we have to put the thoughts inside of that to allow the moon to pull up on it. Just like the moon helps the crops grow at night and all your plants grow at nighttime, they eat in the daytime and they grow at night. You understand? So we have to be in sync and be in tune with universal rhythm, and that's what we do at the Full Moon Empowerment Club. It's only nine bucks a month. We get together powerful affirmations every month. Um, we may light candles, and we all just be in sync with one another. That's a very, very beautiful thing when collective conscious comes together under universal accord or a universal schedule. Powerful things will happen. Also, under the membership tab, you'll see the Astral Tarot Network. If this is for those of you who may want to have a little bit more guidance on a monthly basis, this is perfect, 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 perfect. And it's at such a in the streets we call this is a crackhead price for what we offer um, on a monthly basis right here at the Astral Tarot Network. You get a private one-on-one consultation with Keisha, who's absolutely the best on the tarot cards. And uh, if you need me, I'm there as well. But I send you personal reports that deals more with your cosmic self. And if you want to learn about your cosmic self and understand how you feel based on planetary energies. Um, you know, it's funny because for me, I, I'd be like, mm, you know, I'm a cancer rather, so that technically means the moon rules cancer, so therefore the moon rules my chart. What the heck do you mean you're a cancer rising? What does that mean? Well, it just simply means that when I was born, the Cancer constellation was coming up on the eastern horizon, just like it looks like the sun was coming up in the morning, right? Well, I was born in the evening at 1.43, okay? So the sun had already been up. The sun is in the south when I was born. But in the morning, the sun came up. So there's a constellation that's coming up on the eastern horizon approximately every two hours. Well, we need to know that constellation that's coming up. You know why? 
because the constellation technically is not coming up. We're actually spinning in the eastward direction into the constellation. So let's put it this way. You're at 12 o'clock. The constellation in the east is at 12 o'clock. And what's happening is on Earth, we put you in the middle of the Earth, in the middle of the clock, rather, you're spinning in a counterclockwise position towards the east, then towards the north, then towards the west, then towards the south, and back towards the east. That's how you're spinning, okay? So we're spinning into the constellation. But from our reality, because this is Malkuth, this is level 10, this is, this is the realm of the illusion, it looks like the sun is rising in these constellations and stuff is above our heads, when in our reality... The sun looks like it's above us, but it's approximately, on average, 93 million miles in front of us as we circle around it. It is not above us and going down. You see, that's a very weird place. So I'm saying that to say that um, you can notice your moods. So you're like, yeah, I'm Cancer Robin. I'm feeling kind of moody today. What a moon at? Because I just feel it. I feel. I'm paying attention to how I feel. Oh, the moon's in Scorpio, really? Okay, that's interesting because I'm a major Aquarius, and Scorpio to Aquarius is an energy called a square. They're about three zodiac signs away. Uh, a square would look like 3.30 on the wall clock. That's exactly what a square looks like. So, you know, one's, one path is going horizontal, three, and then one path is going vertical, six, right? So when you make you, you intersect when they forms a square, and this creates some agitation, um, but it creates really wonderful opportunity as well, and I just know how I feel. I can be, I can, I can know how I feel, manage how I feel, and understand that. Ah, uh, I know where the moon is at, and it's not that the moon is creating this phenomenon. This is an internal force that's inside of you that you have to be very, very conscious of, very aware of, and the external force called the moon is only going to validate an internal process. It's not that the moon is there and it's messing with you. That's not how it works. That's not what's happening. This is an internal process that's taking place, all right? So the Astrotel Network helps you identify these rhythms. So you get two personal reports every month that's detailed for you. Um, and that's, that's, that's on that, all right? Vivid Cathedral's Crystal Corner, uh, phenomenal stuff. The candles are are Great, 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 great. I mean, candles for certain occasions. Don't get scared of candles. I say it all the time. You use candles when you want that, you know, you like that bubble bath, right? You know, that's romantic. Or you want that candle-lit dinner, right? Or a little homie gets smoked in the hood. You like candles and had a visual. Let's not act like candles don't play a role in spirituality and relaxation. It does something for the soul because you're evoking a particular element, fire, okay? So visit Casildra's Crystal Corner. Um, Star Fusions Bath and Body Product is also on the website. Phenomenal stuff. I wash with it every single day. I promise you it's the best soap you're ever going to use in your life. I, I, I guarantee you, I, I put a promise on that. You will absolutely love it. So definitely check out the Star Fusions Bath and Body Product. And last but not least, of course, the Mystic Brain work for um, myself and the Prime Minister, Minister June. Did a phenomenal work on helping you understand the brain. And if you listen to these shows, then you, you got to understand, especially when we got into spirit number nine and spirit number eight, you have to understand the, the, the human brain in order for you to, um, um, man, be aware. You know what I mean? Like, it, to be ignorant is just a choice, you know? And, and, and you don't have to be. <laughs> you don't have to be ignorant. That is totally, totally uh, a choice 
And, um, it's, you know, we have to make conscious decisions to become enlightened, to become more wise, to become more knowledgeable, and um, just to improve the overall quality of our lives or whatever area of life that we believe to be, you know, needs improving and whatnot. Um, so the brain is very important because without the brain, you'd be brain dead like a patient and you'd just be sitting there what they call a vegetable, you know what I'm saying? Your conscience is somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like on life support, your conscience is somewhere else, and it's not necessarily serving the physical body any good at that particular point to be brain dead. All right. <clears throat> so check out the Mr. Brain workbook because the, you know the question was raised to me years ago when I was in the class. Um, if you don't know the anatomy of your brain, can you truly say you're in control of your thoughts? And that that's something. Don't 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 talk to me like that because that turns me on. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. Say that again. Hold on. Okay, you're right. I can't say that I'm in control of my thoughts, but I tell you what, I am going to learn about this human brain, all right? Because I need to be the uh, master operator in control of my life, all right? So let's get into it. Um, this week we're going to talk about spear number seven on the tree of life. It's called Nizak. Nizak um, has a, as all of the spears on the tree of life does, they have a beautiful password to get into them, a name. And a name here is, um, is translated as victory. Now, this deals with the planet Venus, okay? deals with the planet Venus. Venus rules our relationships. Now, as we started on Spear 10, I'm going to backtrack a little bit so we can just walk up to it because we, we need to understand this. As we started on Spear 10 on Malkuth, um, the kingdom, and it, the, the nickname of Malkuth is also um, the queendom as well. This is the realm of the feminine rules. Make no mistake about it. Um, there's two things. Uh, one of those weeks I told you just to go find a guy over in China who does the Qigong and he can create fire with his hand's name was DJ, I believe. And um, um, he he said something that really I found very beautiful, and I know it to be true just working with the energy um, myself through Qigong practice, is he was able to really tap into the highest force of healing and energy when he understood the difference between yin and yang energy and being able to tap into the yin, the feminine energy of the cosmos. All right? And... Uh, I just found that to be really, really, really phenomenal because it wasn't the masculine yang energy that symbolized by fire and air, in a sense, but it was the feminine yin energy that will allow you to activate some of your strongest energy within. All right. Um, so as we go from Malkuth to Kingdom, we are to understand that on Earth everything goes. This is the melting pot for all of the elements. You got fire, air, earth, water. In Chinese, you got um, additional ones with metal and wood, but you got all of the atomic um, particle, all the um, atomic, uh, what is it, the, what we call on the subatomic plane, we got all these different things going on, all these different elements that's taking place, right? We got oxygen, we got nitrogen, you put these together, this can create this. It's a lot of stuff that takes place on this plane. So this is the melting pot for all of the elements, and this is the ultimate physical world of illusion that I talked about earlier. So at this level, on Malkuth, on Earth, we must turn our attention to our emotional self because when you're working with a sphere of consciousness, you got to understand the basis of the sphere by understanding the planetary aspect that's, that, that, that's um, ascribed to it. And most importantly, you have to understand the one that precedes you. 
because the one that precedes you tell you what you need to do in this sphere to obtain the next state of being. You understand? So really when you have sphere number 10 on Malkuth, the first thing you need to do is understand the moon because that's the, the moon is the past or the Sephiroth or the energy of the planet that's the closest to you. So in sphere number nine, which is Yesit, or which is also called the foundation, we said this is your limpid brain. This is the part of the brain that's responsible for memory and all of our emotional experiences. So when we're here, we are to turn our attention to emotional mastery as we head into the sphere of intellect, which was sphere number eight, which was last week's show. Sphere number eight, or HUD, is the world of human intellect. Okay, this is where we truly cultivate our intelligence. This is this is the neocortex in the human brain. But we must not become so intelligent that we choose to neglect our original spirit, as we talked about last week, because our goal here in HUD is to become fully intelligent, and then we can turn our attention to spirit number seven, which is Nizak, the planet Venus, who is the universal ruler of relationships. Now, this is what the question becomes. I always ask the question. Why do the Kabbalists call this sphere victory? Why do they call it victory? We don't talk about in principle, not in etymology of the word, because you can say, okay, well, Nazak means victory. That's why they call it victory. No. Well, what is it in the principle that they're saying that this is where you become victorious right here? See, this is the round when two intelligent souls who have mastered their lower emotions. Now, we're talking about this is the sphere of relationships, Venus. So that means, okay, well, we didn't already, we had sphere number seven. That means we didn't been at sphere number eight. This is when we become intelligent. So this is two intelligent souls who have mastered their lower emotions, which is sphere number nine, and they recognize and respect that they are individually and collectively, they are both cosmic beings because they understand that they're on Malkuth, so they're cosmic beings floating on a cosmic planet within the cosmos. See, they are both practitioners of the Tao. They are practitioners of nature. At this particular point, what's happening is you're going to merge your intelligent spirit with someone else of an intelligent spirit that recognizes and understands that you're on Malkuth, that you are a cosmic being, okay? In sphere seven, we have to truly understand where our next point of arrival is, which is sphere six, which is the life force of our solar system, because sphere number six deals with the sun. So in sphere seven, the relationship or the cosmic couple is to understand light, how light has an effect on the human psyche. That's where we're going next. All right? I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a few. So you ought to understand your personal circadian rhythm, which is your internal sleep-wake cycle. Okay, it's called the circadian rhythm. It's your internal sleep-wake cycle that is triggered by your pineal gland based on the pineal gland processing light. So when there's not enough light to stimulate a wakeful state, it's dark outside, you've been up all day, the pineal signals a chemical called melatonin to kick in, and this is when, you know, and this is when you go to sleep. And when there's enough light and you sleep and all of a sudden it's time for you to get up, and this is the thing, you're sleeping. What triggers you to say, Time to get up if it ain't an alarm clock, right? So the pineal signals another chemical called serotonin to kick in, okay? So therefore, it is processing incoming light from your environment to tell your body, rise or shine, or go to sleep, okay? So we have to understand this as a couple because this is our next station. Our next station is going into the realm of pure light into the sun, 
We also have to study our behavior within the seasonal light. Now, modern science now calls this seasonal affective disorder, FAD, seasonal affective disorder. You have to know your cosmic biorhythm, meaning when is your energetic points of the year, okay? Now, uh, here is what we'll be sharing on November the 11th, because we're going to get into this aspect of relationships and spirit number seven. November the 11th, market calendars, is going to be the orientation for a new course called the Cosmic Dow. In this particular course, I'm going to be teaching, it's called Cosmo Sutra. All right, and, and, and orientation is November the 11th. I'm telling you this, like mad months out. We eight months out, all right? Um, so you will immediately start with a few preliminary exercises such as, I'm going to show you some um, certain Qigong techniques that I've learned um, that has been very beneficial, and it immediately balances out the yin-yang forces within you and increases your aura size, and it also enhances um, the activity of your chakras. Now, I know because those of you who know, and, you know, I have the aura technology, something that I invested in years ago, like back in mm-hmm, 2010, 2011, 2010, all right? So I had it for a few years now, and it's an aura chakra technology um, that you see when you go to those metaphysical centers, and most cities don't even have them. you got to really got to like, be in Sedona or something, the spiritual place that has it. And um, anyway, I had a technology, and it, and it shows you the internal yin-yang forces inside of you. And the Qigong techniques that you're going to get for the preliminary exercise is going to be some techniques that I've used to help you automatically balance out your yin-yang energy. So I'm just not going to talk about yin-yang energy. I'm not going to talk about this male-female energy. I'm not going to talk about shock. I have to be able to prove it. I'm an Aquarius. That means I'm a scientist by nature, all right? So I have to have some type of tangible proof to go along with the theory of the application. And that's why I invested in spiritual technology to be able to bring it out because we're in the Aquarian world. The Aquarian world is the age of technology. I'm an Aquarius, so why shouldn't I have the technology? I do, so therefore I'm just living within my cosmic self. See, I see yourself in the cosmic scheme of things at all times. So anyway, I'm going to show you via pictures of my own self uh, how to bring the yin-yang energy back. I show you when my energy wasn't so balanced, and I show you 20 minutes later from Qigong use. And the beautiful thing about technology I love is because Everything is time-stamped. So on the front of the report is the date and the time that the aura report was printed. I'll come right back 20 minutes later, and I'll show you a passing aura, passing chakras, um, beautiful yin-yang energy and perfect balance all of a sudden by doing certain techniques. So we'll start off right there. All right. Um, you'll also start with a seven- to eight-month um, curriculum that deals with human anatomy and physiology. Now, if you do not know the basic function of yourself, then, again, we can conclude that you do not know yourself, all right? So <clears throat> I know it's called Cosmo Sutra, and it's like, well, that's sexy. Sutra, and that's the Karma Sutra, and that's that sexy stuff. And you're right, we want to get there. But we can't go there yet if we don't know ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I'm going to give you a perfect example of this. So um, we're going to get into physiology. You should be knowing that the endocrine system is one of my favorite systems, but you should know that that's a system that's responsible for um, secreting chemicals throughout the body. 
All right, now, now either you're going to be good, happy chemicals or you got some bad stress chemicals going on. And if that's the case, then you need to understand what organs is doing that in the body because now you can get in tune with that organ. That organ is pumping right now. It's vibrating. It's doing the job. And you're not consciously telling it to do a job, but you didn't even tell it thank you today. But let alone, it may be, um, it's, it could be vibrating off of, it ain't no could be, it's vibrating based off of which you are perceiving to be right or wrong, good or bad in your reality. And it's going to make happy chemicals or it's going to make bad chemicals. You need to understand that particular system. You need to understand the circulatory system. You need to understand when we slow down the respiratory system, when you slow down breathing, it affects the heart. And when you change the heart rate, that in return changes the signal, the pulse that is going to the brain. All right. The brain then has a has a time to reorganize itself and change its patterns, and then it will start to go into certain uh, what we call uh, waves of function itself. So you may be at beta right now. You may go down into alpha, right? And you may go down and even deeper. May go down into delta. Even deep, you may go down. You know. So you never know. So the thing is, you have to be very, very conscious of who you are and the signal and the vibration of your living temple. You have to do that. See, again, the whole basis of this was really me making making an assessment and saying, wow, look, look in the West, uh, it's we're very strange. People are insane, to be honest with you, because we're telling people we, we, we give you heart-shaped candies and stuff to express our love for one another. I love you with all my heart, and how could you break my heart? And it's like, okay, could you please tell me the um, function of the human heart, please? What do you mean the function? It pumps blood. Okay, if it pumps blood, then, we, we, you know, how is it pumping the blood? You know what I mean? How many chambers do it have? Because the blood goes through these particular four chambers. And it's the left side is slightly different from the right side of the heart in function because it is. And if so, what's the difference of the function? You understand what I'm saying? And how is the heartbeat even generated? What's the pacemaker called? And what is it doing? You understand? So, you know, what, what's going on? But yet we swear up and down we love somebody with all of our hearts and we don't know the basic flow of the human heart, that which we say we love with. Now, again, I'm not saying that you cannot sincerely and authentically love. That, that would be foolish to say. That's like to say nobody's ever truly been in love because they don't know. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is for those of us who want to become more intelligent about the process, those of us who can just take an honest assessment and look back and say, hey, I thought I was in love there, but that relationship ended. I was in love there, but that's not no longer. And it don't mean that you can't love. And it don't mean that it wasn't uh, a purposeful experience. But what, one thing we can say for sure is we can never really predict the breakup when we get in the relationship. I love, I love pointing that out. It's very important. We, we, can't, we don't predict that. Because you know why? Because we don't go into it with the intent on getting out of it. You understand? So, therefore, if you can make an honest assessment and say, oh, I thought I was in love. See, that's the thing. We honestly thought that we were in a particular space at one time. But I really thought I was in love with that sister. I really thought I was in love with that person, right? You really thought that, right? And not to say that you was not, but what is the process that tricked you? <laughs> That's the question. What is the process that tricked you? What went past your senses? What did you ignore? Because that's when you get the jewel from the experience. The experience was there to show you when you see certain traits, this is going to be programmed in your memory for survival. So the next time you see it, you know, like, no, nah, I'm going to be involved with that because I already know where that's taking me. That's called wisdom. You understand? So 
anyway, so we start right there. Yeah, you see the importance of where I'm going with that. So you, you start right there. Then when we finish with the system, we're moving to the four blood types. Don't you know that the four blood types uh, uh, are are synonymous with the four elements inside of you? In Japan, they don't even ask you what your zodiac sign. The flow down there is what's your blood type? Ain't no what's, what's your name, what's your sign. It's what's your blood type in Japan, all right? So the A, the B, the A, B, and O, they got interactions that they deal with. You know, there's certain rules to this. See, this is the thing. Ignorance of blood type can create issues. I'm going to tell you this from experience. I'm going to tell you this from my experience. Ignorance of blood types can create issues. Now, my parents did not know that I had sickle cell trait. I don't know how they didn't know. I don't, you know, they never told me. So, okay, I got sickle cell trait. don't have sickle cell, but I got a trait. I mean, one of my parents got a trait. Okay. So um, I was working at a hospital in, in my early 20s and seeing uh, what I thought was a pretty Asian woman from Thailand, and we ended up getting together for about two years. I impregnated her with my second, with my second son, and my second son, um, well, she has a form of sickle cell trait, unbeknownst to me, because I didn't even know I had trait. She has a sickle cell trait. I don't know that, hey, I should be asking, hey, you got sickle cell trait, and we should, your blood all right for us to have kids? No, I'm not thinking like that. I just think, hey, pretty, nice, hey, let's do it, right? So, like most of us, I think, think in the West. And um, um, my son has a rare form of sickle cell trait. And so... Um, that becomes the aftermath of me being ignorant of my blood type. But see, I understand it now because it that that forced me to become health conscious. <clears throat> Once you you know have a son like a sickle cell, you have to uh, well, what the heck is that? You know, well, it's one of the red blood cells, not like circle, they form like sickles, and they can get blocked in the you know arteries and veins, and can create pain and things like that. And so you start studying up on this thing. Um, obviously techniques and, and diet and, and change in lifestyle, how you don't get overcome this obstacle, you see? <clears throat> so I lacked spirit number eight at that time in my life, which was the intelligence of myself. I didn't know myself. I didn't know I had sickle cell trait. So we will learn about blood types because um, there is one blood type that's a universal donor, it can give to all the other blood types. And then guess what? You have one that is a universal receiver. It can receive from all of the blood types. So one can give. One is like, which is O, right? O, o negative is the one that says, I'm the daddy of the blood types. I can give to everybody, okay? I give to everybody. And then you have... A, B positive that says, well, I have both the A allele and the B allele, and I also got the RH, that if if somebody is A negative, you can still give to me. You just don't have the RH, but that's okay. I'm not beefing with that. You got A. If you just got B and you B positive, well, I'm, I'm A, B positive. You B positive, I'm A and B positive, so therefore give me some of your B positive. O as a universal donor, right, says, listen, I can get to everybody. So you can receive from O. So then one is the universal mother one can receive. 
and one can give. You understand that concept? That's a beautiful concept within creation when we understand fire, air, earth, and water. Okay, these are things that are inside of us, and it manifests itself into four major blood types. Very important to understand. So you're going to understand. You're going to understand that. All right. And this is something to know as husband and wife and boyfriend and girlfriend. Do you even know if you can give or receive blood from your partner? But yet we want to be humping around. But this is stuff that we have to know. All right. And, and I, I, I got to say this. I'm going to put her in it. But having a daughter is one of the, as a father is one of the most enlightening things that can ever happen to a man. I always say this. Brothers, men, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, i got to say it. Because if you don't have one, you, know, you, you don't know. You don't know what real love is until you have a daughter. But yeah, I'm not talking about anybody can have a child. I ain't talking about being a deadbeat, obviously. We, we're talking higher vibration than that. We're talking about having a daughter, being there, actively loving her, protecting her, and being the best parent that you can be with your daughter. In that process, that is where I call it the the heaven and earth is right there. Heaven and earth are right there. And mommy and son is the bridge in between those two realities. So if you look at a bridge, you got land on one side, land on the other side. That's that's mommy and daddy. The base of the whole bridge is 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 that connects the two points is the mommy and son, the daddy and daughter rather. I'm sorry, are the two posts at the end of the bridge. And this is when you get into the realm of true love. You bring into the daughter spirit, or in the Hebrew, the Kabbalah will be called the Shekinah, the female presence of God. Now I'm gonna tell you something about your daughter. See, your, your daughter is the one that you have to learn how to love from a totally, completely different angle for most men. Because because come on man, all your life you've been humping around. You you know you know you know you can come on, what what your wife your you what do you give your wife that you can't give to another woman? And that to be honest, most men have given other women the same kind of thing that they give their wife, right? So it's called, oh, you cheated, and things of that nature, right? And what my point is with your daughter, you have to love her from a different perspective because guess what? Your angle was not based off attraction. Uh-huh. See, all them other women, the ones that are in your life intimately, there was there was something to get out of the experience, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but that was called attraction, your daughter, uh-uh, you have to love from a different perspective. Now, I love when somebody tries to throw mommy in there. Oh, what about your man? Listen, that's default. Man, mom had to feed me. And most moms didn't even breastfeed. They put you on formula and stuck you somewhere and put, a, and, put a, <laughs> and put the cover up under the bottle and propped it up and laid you down because they weren't breastfeeding you. Mommy has to take care of me because if she don't, I would die. That's a default setting. She doesn't count. That, that relationship doesn't count. The parents are going and, and feed. No, 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 that's automatic. I'm talking about the quality of love through the opposite sex inside of the family dynamic the mother to the son, the son to the mom, and daddy to daughter, and daughter to um, dad. And this is why you see the infamous daddy daughter dance. It is not the mother son dance at the wedding, it's the daddy daughter dance. It is the true alpha and omega of the pantheon of creation. Right? I'm telling you this from experience. All right. Now, um, 
as we move from blood types, we're going to move into the elemental makeup, all right? Which um, which avatar are you by strength? Are you more fire? Are you more air? Are you more earth? Are you more water? We're in spirit number seven. We're talking about relationships, ladies and gentlemen. But before we talk about relationships, we got to kind of get back into ourselves. So which avatar are you by strength? Do you have more fire, more air, more earth, or more water? And most importantly, this is very important, which element do you lack? And see, now, this is the sole reason that your body and your life could be out of order, all right? And I'm going to teach that, obviously, I'm going to share the, um, the, the technique on how to determine this. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit because looking at this, you know, and I said, an element that you lack is the sole reason that your body could be out of order or your life could be out of order, all right? Um, um, and I'm going to talk about it. I talked with, who was that? That was Adrian, who was a very promising student of ours. And she asked a question on the lines of um, what or how does one work with this information to improve their lives when I was talking about the elemental makeup. So, okay, that's a great question. Let me explain it. Uh, everyone has um, elemental strength. And I'm going to use me as an example. For me, it's air and it's fire. But air is my predominant avatar, elemental makeup that I'm made out of. So guess what? Air deals with communication, radio, hello, can you hear me, radio, ideas, books, CDs, DVDs. That stuff is very easy for me to do because air represents communication, ideas, expressing them. You see what I'm saying? So if I've got a lot of air plants, you know, planets and air signs, rather, then it's going to be easy for me to express that modality, you see, therefore, I'm living in, in my cosmic self. I'm being who I am. All right? Now, I lack earth energy. Now, earth is the energy I need to balance. So material gains can be a challenge. Elemental-wise, that means I need to work with earth. So all this entails to me is I do things like you got to work with the elements. So you got to go outside and stay barefooted on the grass, which, by the way, is a very healing and therapeutic practice. Um, I currently have right now 14 plants in the house, house plants, all right, uh, that I care for. So I'm an official tree hugger, especially when it comes to pines and evergreen, all right. So the earth energy is one that stabilizes and it grounds you, right. So if I'm majority air and fire, that's a lot of uh, what I call the aloof principle, being up in the clouds, all right. And if I stay there, I have a hard time making my ideas become a physical project, which in return will help me take care of my family. So what I'm saying is if I just stay in the world of philosophy and ideas and stuff and I don't write a book and I don't do radio shows and I don't do uh, audio tracks and, and, you know, digital CDs and things of that nature and I just strictly stay in the air, I am not physically turning that into a physical um, venue of my expression, of my ideas, is not coming back into a physical manifestation. It's not coming back down to a physical manifestation, and, and, and we live in a world where you have to survive, and I'm going to have to do something else to survive. You understand what I'm saying? If I can't turn this over into some type of physical aspect to share it. You understand? So working with the earth energy and being cognizant of that, you see, will automatically ground all that air energy, all that fire energy out, balance it out, make, slow it down, become more practical, put things into a practical format, and create planets of harmony, create the zodiac made easy, and bam, there you go. Just can't be on the phone with Minister Jew every day, all day, busting up science, although it is very enlightening conversation. <laughs> all right? 
So that's how you work with the elements. So if you lack air, for example, then um, you need to deal with um, increasing communication. But to bring the element into your life, um, you can just simply deal with the incense, right, because that's an air thing, right? And then and then physically, physically, and when we're dealing with air too, you that's that's breath. That's the power of life. So being conscious of your breathing, being conscious that you, you lack air, so therefore you need to allow air to work with you. So this is really more of a breathing thing and to invoke that particular element. All right. And then next thing you know, again you start to attract the things that you need. All right. Trust me, because we've been doing this for a while. All right. So uh, as a technique, I'll show you how to identify your elemental uh, makeup. And once this is done, uh, once you identify your elemental makeup, now we move into the juicy stuff. The men, you will move into uh, learning how to cultivate male sexual energy. Women will learn how to cultivate female sexual energy. So you'll spend about six months inside of about what we call single cultivation practices, solo practices, by yourself, men studying men things, women studying um, the women's sexual anatomy and learning how to cultivate your own sexual energy. Uh, are you saying, if you want to touch myself? Oh, you can. Um, I'll act like you don't. Many of you do. Um, but it's one you're going to have to be conscious of the energy, all right? And we're going to talk about that in a few. Um, then after we study that individually, we will collectively study the multi-orgasmic couple in the healing sexual positions of sexual reflexology. So all in all, this is going to be about an 18 to 24-month um, journey into your divine self. And, again, this is going to start on November the um, 11th. It's going to be the first class orientation, all right? Um, so mark your calendar for that because this is going to be Cosmo Sutra where we're going to really get it in and go into the inner mysteries of the inner temple of ourselves. Um, a classic example of this that, is the pyramids of Egypt. Um, there, there just wasn't an external force that was pointing to external things like the three stars in Orion's belt. It, it just wasn't solely dealing with that. That's, that was the external. The internal process when you go into the king's chamber and the queen's chamber um, and, and you start seeing the eye of Horus or the eye of Bajet, the eye of Ra, same thing, um, this is talking about the corpus callosum and the thalamus gland um, that sits inside of the brain. It looks just like the eye of Ra. And um, you have something called the thalamus gland, which is one of my favorite glands. It's responsible for, we talked about this in week number two, um, it's responsible for processing all incoming information from your senses, uh, minus smell, um, and, and telling it where it needs to go. So the thalamus gland is like the traffic cop with the whistle in the middle of the street telling all the incoming information, the traffic, go this way, go this way, go this way to the brain, you go over here, this is where you go, all right? So it's like the information help front desk at, at the main building and whatnot. Well, it's something called the hypothalamus gland, hypo simply meaning um, under, and this is the inner chamber, as they call it, all right? And the inner chamber and from the hypothalamus to the thalamus is identical to the king's chamber and queen's chamber inside of the pyramid. Now, also inside of the human brain, there's something called pyramidal cells, 
fair cells that look like pyramids. This is the truth. And there's also something in the brain called astrocytes as well that look like stars, okay? So with with the Egyptians were doing, it just wasn't some external cute stuff. Look at these three stars. No, the stars actually got power. I'm not going to talk about what kind of power those particular stars have, uh, something that we'll be dealing with in more of our advanced teaching is learning how to draw in cosmic light and work with cosmic forces at uh, certain times of the year because some is visible where you can see them and some is not. It's a yin-yang thing. But anyway, um, they were actually, uh, when you see the pyramids, for them, those of you who became mystified and, 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 and just wondered at the glory of them, um, this was doing something to your brain because you're looking at it, but it was to reactivate uh, uh, the physical cells in your brain to get you to get to your highest potential by looking at the sacred geometry. So if you're one of those people that became mystified by the pyramids, this is talking about an internal process inside of your brain that you have to wake up to. See, Egypt was was was, was cold because they were in ceremonial form. These are people who walked around with masks on their face. <laughs> During ceremony, <laughs> the cosmic principles, internal psyche forces inside of you as well. All right, so um, let's get into it. So in Spare Seven, Nazak, which starts with the Hebrew letter Nun, the letter N, right? This letter is uh, assigned to Scorpio in in Hebrew, and Scorpio is the zodiac sign of sex and regeneration. You understand? So Nazak. Starts off with Scorpio, moon. This is sex. This is regeneration. Now, we always hear about sex, but in the West, the West has not been engaged in a sexual practice with the aim to regenerate. All right? Now, you'll learn how to bring the energy up and not allow yourself to ejaculate. So let's define ejaculation and let's define orgasm as they're not the same things, ladies and gentlemen. They're not the same things. And Spirit is telling me to tell tell the people, I hear you, Spirit saying, tell the people about the Western addiction to sex before we move into this ejaculation thing. We got to see, listen, we've been taught sex all wrong, all wrong in the West, like a lot of other stuff, right? And we've become addicted to the death. We equate great sex with make me tired at the end of the night or at the end of the day, and I just want to go to sleep. Look, look at that. I just want to die. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I just want to, and that's one hell of a way to go. And I, I, It feels good. I understand it. But what we're saying is I need you to deplete my life force energy and drain me in order for me to make that good. That feels good when I feel like I have no life. I can't physically stand I need a break, you know, I roll over and suck my thumb and twiddle my toes, whatever, right? That is insane. This is how insane we have become. It's insane, all right? And, and I'm tell you why it's insane when we start talking about the principle. Ejaculation, I'm going to define it, is the loss of fluids. And life force itself, especially life force. Now, the fluid itself, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about sperm, is not solely the life force. No, I'm telling you through experience. Now, some traditions do not advocate that men, um, um, they do advocate that men should not lose their fluids unless he's aiming for impregnation. All right? <clears throat> now, 
I'm going to tell you this. This is the experience for me. There's a way that men, that you can lose fluid but not lose the life force within you. Those are two totally different things, okay? See, there is a thrust that pushes the fluid. It's a spirit. That's the spirit thing. It's pushing the fluid. And you must learn as men how to maintain that thrust. You must learn how you not lose that part right there. So the ejaculation I define as losing sexual fluids along with the thrust, the push, all right? And women, it's the same, but only for those women who, after genital ejaculation, you lose your sexual appetite. Now, here it goes. It's like this. When you get to, with men, when you get to this point of uh, ejaculation and it's the big ah moment, right, you lost the force that's pushing it. Okay. I mean, and technically, millions of babies just left you. Millions of life beings, energy beings just left you. And I mean millions. A couple hundred million just left your body. So you should be feeling some type of way. You know, you just lost life force. Look at energy beings just left you. Well, I got to keep saying it again. There's a technique that you can do that if the liquid, the sperm, the sexual energy called ching, escapes the body, you do not have to lose the force that's projecting it. You can maintain that force. Very important. All right? This is something that we get into, obviously, in the teachings. All right? So ejaculation is defined as, write it down, the loss of um, seminal fluid along with the thrust. And for ladies who have genital orgasms, because some women can have an orgasm or an ejaculation, shall we say, and behind, I'm good, I'm straight, don't want no penetration, don't want anything else, or have to wait a little minute. There's a moment of, uh, of death at that point, right? Orgasm is defined as the point or the climax right before the release. It's right before the ejaculation. Think about it. So when you're having great sex and you're about to get to that point of ejaculation, there's a point right before that that is the apex that's making you go harder, faster, stronger, because you're about to release. Well, it's being able to stay within that particular zone right there right before in the Tao, what we call the point of no return, okay? So we have become addicted to the release, the big ah. But the truth is the climax point is right before the release, and this is when your sexual powers are heightened. But you must learn, again, like I think, learn how to pull it back and allow what the Tao is called the involuntary contractions to take place. Now, for men, this is when... Um, um, let's have let's just have some real grown talk. For men, this is when you're inside of the vagina and your your penis is pulsating. It feels like at any moment now you can just explode, you can just blow, right? But you're having these involuntary contractions that is coming from the penis and it's also coming from the prostate gland as well. All right. And these vibrations are the orgasm. This is the point because any more movement, this is just all over for you, buddy, right? So so we have to learn how to enjoy those many contractions, okay? 
because those contractions are going to roll over into a bit of wave. It's kind of like you got some minutes left over from your phone and they roll over on you. This is what's going to happen. All right. So um, once you live in these moments and not allowing yourself to lose life force um, and to lose the ejaculation, um, it will automatically start to rise because that's what energy does. It rises. Energy rises to the top. Okay? So you will not only raise the energy, but you and your partner will learn how to circulate the energy throughout the entire body, thus unlocking and signaling dormant genes to turn on and release the golden elixir of immortality that will start to physically rejuvenate your body and make you become young again. This is where we're going. We're going into the fountain of youth. See, this is why in the cosmic Tao that we're teaching, one of our sacred totems um, is the jellyfish, primarily one called the Medusa jellyfish. Google that. There was a scientist in Japan who took a Medusa jellyfish. Well, let me give you the psychology of a Medusa jellyfish. The Medusa, the Medusa jellyfish, when injured, will go to the bottom of its, of its habitat, and it, as an adult, it will turn itself back into a baby all over again and grow to become an adult again. Well, a scientist took one of them and did this um, regeneration act with this jellyfish on 12 different occasions that it went from a baby to an adult, got injured, went back to a baby to become an adult again on 12 different occasions. And I always said the jellyfish is 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 the brilliance of God's mind. If you want to see how God's mind works, look at one of my favorites is the rainbow jellyfish because you can see through it. It's translucent. Where is this brain? How does it know how to think? How does it know how to eat? How do, Where is the sexual organs at? How is this thing even thinking? I can see through it. You understand what I'm saying? Especially, I'm talking about the rainbow jelly. You can literally see through it. So you want to see God's mind. I said, man, God is 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 crazy. When I say crazy, crazy good, right? So um, the jellyfish has a way to rejuvenate himself. The starfish is awesome, too. You could take a starfish and cut one of its legs, one of its star points, and that star point that you cut will grow back into a starfish. <laughs> <laughs> the starfish is amazing. So these little, we can perceive to be puny little animals who don't have nowhere near the brain capacity that you and I have are creating a phenomenon, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, like they're creating a phenomenon that is next to impossible to our physical senses. That's because we got dumb when we came down into this reality and we got to get undone. And the way that we get undone is becoming intelligent, understanding the power of our emotion, control the emotion, and move into the sphere of sexual rejuvenation inside of yourself because, because you have to unlock or signal. You have to send a signal to some of this, what they call junk DNA that we're not using. You have to send a signal to it to say, hey, I need you to turn on. It baffles me that, that some people, hey, my mama had diabetes, and, and her mama had diabetes, so I got diabetes, right? And it's like, well, bro, you ain't had diabetes until you turned 40. So the first 40 years, it's like something happened at age 40 that signaled the gene to turn on since you believe that you got the gene. What was the gene at? It was just off. 
So something triggered the gene to turn on. Okay, fine. Here's the better question. I don't care what triggered it to turn on. Can you send a signal to turn it off? And then what other things do you have inside of you that you need the signal to turn on? Science ain't even got to this part yet. Science ain't, ain't, ain't not that far on this yet. The, the path to immortality and how you're going to get into this thing is cultivating sexual energy. And I'm going to tell you how you know it because everything that happens in this reality, you're going to see it in your cultural expression as some type of hip-hop form, uh, fad type of thing to get into the spirit world, getting you to understand the higher concept. It was called the Freaknik in Atlanta. Was telling you to 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 get on your sexual energy. Now, when you go look at Atlanta, you understand that it sits 33 degrees north of the equator, so that's a master number, right there. And um, you also see that the city slogan is called Resurgence, which is Latin, which means which will rise again. And the flag for Atlanta government is a phoenix bird coming out of fire. So the phoenix bird is Scorpio. And, and, and this regeneration and sex. And that's why the Freaknik was there because the Freaknik was coming in on a 33rd parallel to get you to heighten your sexual experiences on a crystal and stone mountain fish right there as the antenna to broadcast your sexual signal out into the ethers. Hello, this is real stuff. All right? So, anyway. Anyway, where am I at here? So we need to get into the golden elixir. And um, in the West, men have it bad, man. I promise men have it bad. Uh, we automatically assume that women cannot have an orgasm because orgasm is ejaculation. That's what we thought. And and men do not, um, and, and men are the ones that actually make babies, right, in the sense of, you know, the process of ejaculation. So why would a woman be able to do that? That's, that's the question. Like, literally, you got to really think about this education process. I'm telling you. Men, and I'm coming from experience, we're not taught about women can have an orgasm, let alone ejaculation. Why would she when we thought that ejaculation and orgasm are the same as the end product called nutting or, or releasing sperm, and that's when you do that to make a baby. So why would a woman even do that? So we're not even taught that. We don't find out later. So which means we have to re-scramble our psychology. I'm telling you phenomenon that's happening here in the West. All right, so men are truly miseducated, and we play catch up. Now, here's the key: the Dallas observes something in the male erection, and um, they notice four stages, which is very similar in women as well. Um, a longing, meaning the penis becomes long, a swelling, um, a hardening, and then the last phase is hot. Now, I said, "Wow, this is beautiful," because these are the four elements inside of an erection. Longing is water because the blood is now flowing through the penis, so it's becoming longer. But that's water. All right? The swelling is air because it's like a balloon, right? That's the oxygen that's in the blood. You understand? Because oxygen is in the blood, so it didn't become swelling. Hardening is earth, and obviously hot is fire. Now, the hard principle for women, because women go through a longing of the clitoris, of swelling as well. Um, the hardening aspect is not there, but she becomes more what we call soft, moist, and absorbing. So that earth element becomes literally like soil. It's soft and it's ready to absorb, okay? And, of course, that liquid gets hot as well. So it's the same process that goes through women. So we all go through this internal alchemical process of fire, air, earth, and water. That's all inside of us, okay? Now, 
um, go through this four-stage metamorphosis. And on another note, and this is why I said, we have our own animal totems that's based on your elemental makeup. So relationships uh, also produce elements as well. So, for example, you got one person who may lack air in a relationship, um, but their mate has uh, majority air. So the person who lacks air becomes balanced because they saw the person who has the missing elements. So, therefore, they, they're balanced. But here's the kicker. Uh, let's say the couple together collectively, when you add both of them up together, lacks water, which is the emotional connection, um, the intuitive ability to feel each other and respect feelings and really the, the true spiritual component, the, the, the feminine water aspect, then you will study and write a paper. What we're going to have you do is you're going to study and write a paper on the swan. The swan for us is the sacred totem of um, of water, all right, because uh, if you understand what direction water rules, you understand why we put the swan here. I'm actually giving you all some advanced stuff, um, but it's cool. Um, but you're going to write a paper on the swan. You know why? Because, see, what you have to do is we have to start to see the intelligence of God within the animal. And this is the various forms of kung fu, crane, tiger, monkey, and all that. Don't you know on uh, on the Wudang kung fu, which is the most popular kung fu, um, that actually was um, inspired and created by a master who was just off in meditation, and he actually observed, the legend says he observed a crane attacking a snake. And somehow he saw beauty in, in life force inside of that duel. And that became Wu Dang Kung Fu, literally, by observation, which is also powerful because you got to get out of this state, too, that you have to be uh, educated by somebody to be something. No, everything, everything, as Minister Ju says, look around you right now, right on I me, mean, right this moment, look around you. Well, show us one thing that didn't come out of the human imagination, unless you're going to say something from nature. But if you believe in God, then we're going to say, well, God thought about that, and that came out of his imagination. So everything that you see, everything around you came out of the imagination of somebody. You don't go to school for the imagination. We got one coming up for you to enhance it, but you don't have to go to school for the imagination. All right, so not be one of those people that think you got to have certain accreditations. Man, if the spirit is speaking to you, you follow that and then you reveal it. And then the truth and sincerity of your work is going gonna, gonna to serve itself. All right? All right, so we're going to talk about something real fast. I'm doing good on time. I thought I was kind of sucking on time here, but doing really good. Um, I want to talk about nonverbal communication in spirit number seven because, again, we're coming to the point where we have to unite. Uh, man and woman are, you know, you and lovers are uniting at this particular point. And I want to talk about the five love languages written by Dr. Gary Chapman. Excellent. Do it. Um, you can do your profile. Oprah did it. You can do your profile for free on fivelovelanguages.com. And there are five of them, which are physical touch is one, words of affirmation is two, quality time is three, gifts is four, and acts of service. Now, this is a doctor who's been coaching relationships and been married for over 30 years in both fields. Well, respect it. you got to respect it. And I said, well, that's interesting because these five um, love languages correspond to the five Chinese elements, fire, water, wood, metal, and earth. Um, but in the West, this is what we do. In the West, we got four elements. We put metal and wood as a part of the earth. Now, you notice Chinese don't have air. We do. So, therefore, in the West, you you're activating the four elements, you become the fifth element yourself. 
okay? So it's the same It's the same thing. So learn your five love languages because I, I agree with this concept in totality. Um, most complaints is either, it's going to be about either physical touch, um, uh, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, and acts of service. And we're just talking about what you love to receive from the positive aspect. We ain't talking about she ain't got no money. We ain't talking about he's selfish. We ain't talking about, no, he don't take me nowhere. And we ain't talking about none of that stuff. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the basic core components of love. Physical touch, um, obvious, obvious. Words of affirmation you love, that's Oprah's favorite. She loves endearing words to encourage her. Um, quality time, um, I personally think physical touch is quality time. <laughs> but anyway, quality time is, is great. Um, gifts, some people love to receive gifts, and that's their love language. And acts of service, my least favorite, but it's, it's a love language. Acts of service is um, I'll cook you breakfast and bring it to you, and I'll wash the dishes type of thing. I'm doing all these acts of service. I serve you as as the queen that you are. I'll help the queen <laughs> and king of acts of service. So check into the five love languages. Uh, very important to understand your primary love language and, most importantly, understand the one um, the secondary ones as well. All right. Now, there is a movie that is coming out, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to bookmark it. You have to watch it. It's about Pixar and Disney producing it. That's what all the jewels are. All the jewels and them kind of movies, these will appear to be kitty movies, and it's called Inside Out, okay? Inside Out is the name of it. And uh, it's about five emotions. Look at this. So you got the five love languages, and it's about the five emotions that live in everyone's mind. Five emotions are joy, sadness, anger, fear, and disgust. Notice there's only one happy emotion. The movie shows how sadness, which is an emotion, affected the memory of Riley. Riley is the little girl who the emotions live into their head, but the mom has these same emotions and the dad has these same emotions as well. But these emotions live in the consciousness, in the mind, in the brain. All right? So sadness affected the memory of Riley and joy and sadness are now lost in another part of Riley's mind, which you can see the trailer uh, on YouTube. It is saying number two. Look at that one. Um, and they now they must travel and visit a part of the brain where long-term memory is stored. Okay? Now, at about the uh, – I want you to take a look at the trailer – and on YouTube, it's called World Premiere Pixar's Inside Out Trailer Number Two. Um, there's a quick glimpse in here, and I'm watching it right now. Um, um, I gotta find it because she's going to have a um, book on her desk or at the kitchen table, rather. All right, at the one minute and 50 mark. All right, now I'm looking at the video and it's only two minutes and 28 um, seconds long. All right, at the one minute and 50 mark, I want you to pause it and I want you to look at the book. See, this is the stuff I pay attention to, the things that's in the background in the movie. Um, the Ant Bully was classic. I, could, I, I never broke that down after all these years. I saw some information in the Ant Bully. But the Ant, Ant Bully grandma got me Sonic Square and Compass engraved in her rocking chair. She got pyramids. She got a Fez on the bookshelf. They're going in on that. But anyway, over here at Pixar's Inside Out at the 150 mark, you see four books. In one book, you can definitely read the whole title. It's the second book from the top is green, and it says Biology and You. 
okay? In the bottom book, you can barely see it, but you can make it out. It's called Space, and I can't make out the subtitle. So it's Biology and You in Space. And I said, wow, see, this is, this is, this is so great for us because um, when you vibrate to a certain frequency, the, the spirit world in your world it will always show you a sign based off your work. All right, and whatever you're working on and vibrating to, you're going to see it. It's going to come back to you to let you know that, okay, you're cracking it, you're on that path, keep going. That's what it's for. So biology in you, so basically you got to understand um, your living biology, you all right, which we talked about earlier with the Cosmo Sutra course that's coming, you understanding yourself internally and externally. And then you need to understand space, and that's something that we talk and we talking about now. Understanding the cosmic principles outside, um, and, and, and the whole you know, just the whole um, astral aspect from it as well. I found that very um, enlightening that they will make these two books, and it's not that they made did it on purpose, but I don't even care about that part. I find it ironic that when you're dealing with the brain. Um, that these two books, biology and space, are are running together. And it's just like how we have it here from the Mystic Brain Workbook to the Neuron Network to now get into the biology and understanding your, your cosmic self in reference to space. All right? So, but check it out because this is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Um, because in essence, let me talk about it for a quick second. Uh, in essence, it's actually talking about, obviously, how sadness affected um, um, her memory. And now sadness and joy, the two emotions, they have to travel down to this big old maze, which is part of the brain where the long-term memory is at. You see what I'm saying? So they're telling you, basically, that you can be sad so much that, that that it's going to affect your memory or the sadness that is coming from your memory and start to affect your present reality. Because while these two emotions, joy and sadness, are gone because they just moved to San Francisco, the other three emotions, fear, disgust, and anger, have to figure out how to navigate in the world without joy and sadness. Wow, I wonder what that looks like. <laughs> All right, so check that out. I got everything to do with what we're talking about because the goal here is to become master. Again, we have to master our emotions, see? All right. Um, I also want you to take internal, um, take an internal inventory of your behavior. Let's call this complain versus compliment. It's very important. This is an internal Check up from the neck up from your own self introspection of yourself. In your immediate family, an immediate family to me is defined as um, those who you share space with the most and time with the most, especially your lover and especially your children, especially your lover and your children. So, um, do you complain more than you? observe or give, rather, random, sincere compliments? Do you complain that, you know, he always pees on the toilet and leave the toilet seat up and I'm, I shouldn't have to wipe it up because I sit down and I pee? 
Uh, you always got crumbs on the counter. Did you do your homework? You, you, you know, are you complaining and expressing more of your disgust, more of your anger? Are you are you displaying that more to your immediate family than you are random, sincere compliments of joy, happiness, things that empower, things that support the vision of your lover and your children? That is, I need you to take inventory of yourself and those who you are engaged with. It's time to start taking notes, okay? Because, because if you if you're in a complain bracket, then you know you just need to shift more to the compliment bracket. That's all. But if you're in a complain bracket, you got to be careful because the body will start to produce chemicals that matches disgust and anger and sadness. And your body will start to crave these chemicals. And you look for an event to happen. Oh, if you're going to talk to you again, for you to complain about. So in other words, your current cellular state will start to broadcast a signal out into your aura, out into the universal field, out through your house. You have to consider and just entertain the possibility of the way that you feel and think is actually affecting another person and making them do the things that you don't like so you can have more of the things to complain about because your body needs the chemical now. So write it down, complain versus compliment, sincere compliments. Goes back to that 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 um, love language, words of affirmation. See, you, you, I remember this thing. Go back to when you was a kid. I was just telling Mr. Junis today. I remember, like, the second and third grade years of my life was very um, – I, I, can, I can just remember certain stuff, man, clearly. I can remember my mom comparing me to my cousins. Um, um, she asked me to carry the vacuum up the stairs, and I said it was too heavy, and she said, you weak bastard. I can remember that, like, yesterday, Right? Like yesterday, I can remember that. I bet she don't even remember it. But that that hurt me, and I'm cancer rising. That's mommy on the ascendant, so I'm sensitive anyway. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and you you know, I remember I used to tell her, and she used to call home. In second grade, I was coming home by myself. I, you know, she had to work, and I had a key to the house, and she'd call home, you know. And I said, don't don't yell when you come home. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear you yelling. The house is messed up. No, no, she was tripping. The house wasn't even messed up. But um, uh, I'm saying that to say that for those of you who have children or even in a relationship, just think back to the things that hurt you. Man, last night I heard an argument in the alley um, in the back of the house with a couple and, and a woman just called the man a B. Like, you B, like, you itch mother, you can't even eat my pea good no more. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, did she just say that? I, and and 30 minutes to an hour later, I had left the house. I had went over Keisha crib. I'm still thinking about what I just heard, and it, it affected me. 
Say again, I'm can I'm too sensitive. Stuff like that bothers me. This is somebody else's business. They made it public. I heard it, and it affected me. She called him a B mother effer and said, you can't even eat my pee good no more. And I said, oh, my God. Now, it was funny because I heard it again, and I was in front of the house, and two doves flew out my tree. I said, oh, good, I'm protected. They go, I'm good. Now, Ram, the two doves, the peace doves, that's them. And then, yeah, I talked to the guy, and um, I'm going to have to share some information with him because that stuff bothered me, man, in conflict resolution. Damn, I'm glad I said it. The trigger something, I'm going to talk to you all about that. So complain versus compliment, look at that. Um, um, really look at that. Really look at that because things can hurt you, and especially when you have children. Um, when children start to feel defeated and start to feel like things that they're doing is not adequate enough to satisfy a parent, as children, and I was one of them, start to develop a dislike, and you would start to develop this a uh, a uh, 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 disgust. And anger and sadness comes in, and then possibly even fear would creep in because um, you were told or you think that you can't obtain a certain state because my 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 parent and my dad, you know, I remember I was going to play ball at the park, and my dad was like, "Man, you ain't gonna be the next Michael Jordan," because I didn't take academics and school serious enough. It was boring as hell. And, and it, you know, I quit school, later got a GED, and now I find myself like, man, I wish I would have stayed in school. I'm studying polysaccharides, monosaccharides, sugar. I remember that in the ninth grade. Like, like dang, I blew it. Now now I get my joy out of tutoring uh, high school. I like the high school aspect of things and whatnot. And, um, so anyway, um, you know, I didn't take academics serious at that point in my life, and I remember him saying, like, you you want to be the next Michael Jordan. And I'm telling you, these things are like you lose uh, a portion of your soul when you hurt um, your children and you say certain things. Um, you know, you, you just got to be very, very mindful. You gotta, I got to tell you this again, dude, you, you got to be very, it's a very delicate situation because the mind is forming, and once, they have in their mind that they're not adequate enough and good enough. Uh, we just we just did some um, some damaging programming. All right, so I want you to really look at in all aspects of your life of who you talk to. Period. Who you spend the most energy with. I want you to look at the complain versus compliment column in your life and start taking notes and start becoming more sincere and, and loving. All right. In closing. Um, we got a couple more stuff to cover. Let me see. Where we at on time here? You don't have to ride with me. We're going to have to do a little bit of overtime. Those of you who are on the Internet portion, if you can, call in to 818-369-0368. Again, the call-in number is 818-369-0368. That way I don't have to stop you mid-flow. Visit the main website, of course, um, myastrologycoach.com. Um, but call in 818-369-0368 because the Internet portion is about to go off in about eight minutes, and we're going to do a little bit of overtime on the uh, phone side. So 818-369-0368. Visit the main website, myastrologycoach.com. Like I said, Cassandra's Crystal Corner, if for your candles need, um, you can actually visit the Star Fusions page to deal with the Bath and Body products, some of the most amazing products I've ever had in my life. No joke, seriously. Get that. 
um, the Mystic Brain Workbook by Minister Jew to help you understand the brain. You see why it's important. So definitely get get, get the Mystic Brain Workbook. The Astral Tarot Network, for those of you who are into guidance and want to understand the star energy uh, on a monthly basis and just understand your personal rhythms on a monthly basis from the personal consultations with Keisha and, and with me with the um, star reports that you get directly catered for yourself. That's the Astral Tarot Network, and also the Full Moon Empowerment Club is there to get together every full moon in unison when we get together and we do positive affirmations under the full moon and watch it manifest back into our lives. All right, so that's at myastrologycoach.com. You can see it on the shop tab, and you see it under the membership tab. All right, so let's get it in. All right, so where are we at here? Um Oh, so the nonverbal communication. I was about to forget that. You know, I would have been mad. So nonverbal communication with the five, with the um, with the five love languages. I want you. I'm gonna create it, but it's gonna be later in the year because I'm busy. But I want you to create your own version of it. In fact, I want you to create a perfect model of it and make me a business partner in it. Because this this is a bomb idea, and I never run out of ideas. And I, 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 we just never run out. All right. But here's a bomb idea right here. All right. So imagine a thermostat, okay, or or tape. But I like I like the thermostat model, and it's a magnet that's on the refrigerator. Okay, it's a big thermostat joint. All right, so let's just say it's like the size of a paper. And so you have a quarter tank at the bottom, a half a tank in the middle, three quarter tanks almost at the top, and full at the top. Right now, on the left side is the woman's side, and the right side is the is the masculine side. Now, both sides on the right and left side of the of the thermostat that's in the middle, both sides has the five love languages. Right, so you have a line that is say, you know, physical touch, uh, words of affirmation. All right, and you will have a magnet that's next to that particular line that's talking about how you feel. And then you will also have another magnet that's up on by the thermometer. So, ladies, on the left side of the thermometer, let's just say you feel like you need some quality time. And right now, the importance of that, you say your, your, your quality time love tank ain't full, but it's about half. Okay, so you're going to put your little magnet at the half mark, and then your other magnet where the five love languages are, you're going to incorporate where you're feeling. You know why you're doing this and why we would do this? I mean, you just do the same thing. Because we're going to learn the art of nonverbal communication. I shouldn't have to tell you. See, that's the problem. The problem that we be having in relationships that I observe is that I shouldn't have to tell you how I feel. You don't know me by now, Right. No, I know. <laughs> That's the truth. I actually don't. Obviously, I don't. So the, 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 the challenge, and this is a good challenge, the challenge is, okay, two things. One, this is prevention. That's the major thing. Because instead of me getting to the breaking point, because that's what happens, instead of somebody getting to the breaking point, and I shouldn't have to say nothing, and now you feel some type of way because you're saying something. Well, why didn't you say something before you got to the point of you not having to, you know, you having to say something when you feel like you don't have to say nothing? That's insanity, and that's part of that crazy addiction. The reason that you didn't say nothing is because you wanted to get to a point where you felt like you had to say something so you could really say what you really wanted to say was to express those ugly, ugly emotions that you got. That's the truth of the reality, and I'm calling for what it is because that's what it is, all right, because you could have very well communicated before you got to that point, very well, but you chose not to. Why? Because you're addicted to that drama, 
All right? So anyway, and that's why I'm telling you, that's why in that new movie that's coming out, they only got one positive emotion that's running the whole show. All right? So look at what positivity has to contend with. Now, that's the prevention method of this whole thing. The great thing is this. You get to learn the energetic flow, the energy communication. So now when I go downstairs and I look on the refrigerator, and I see that, uh-oh, the tank is getting to the halfway mark. And maybe the goal here, too, is we never allow each other to go below the half tank. When that tank gets half, it's time to fill it up again. We don't play that running on E and the light came on, and we don't know if we're going to make it to the gas station. We, I'm not going to let my partner's tank get past half. Bare minimum quarter tank. When it's that quarter, that's red. You're like, no, that's a no-no, you see. So we start to care more, and to me, most importantly, we start to develop the technique of an inner knowing because the person is not physically telling you they want to go to the movies today. You now have to play a guessing game in the sense that when you wake up and before you leave the house or you go to the refrigerator for the first time of the day, that you kind of have to know what it is that you're going to see or in that refrigerator. How is my partner feeling? And now you're going to have to take a guess because you know something's going to be there. It's going to be some type of status that's going to be there, right? So now you're going to have to take a guess. And your guess is going to be based upon observation inside of your home. And guess what? You're going to end up figuring out the rhythm. And when you figure out that rhythm, you're now communicating without physically communicating. You're observing the energy on that plane. So it's on an energetic level. This is how you get to the energetic level. So I'm going to create more, but, you know, for, for, for the marketplace, uh, it's going to be some time. But create your own. Draw it on a piece of paper put a magnet on it and, 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 and start doing it. Start engaging in these kind of techniques. This is what we have to do. So I want to talk about that. That's called nonverbal communication. That's my little note on that. All right, so let me close this um, spare out. Um, in closing, uh, in this sphere, both people, again, we are assuming we are extremely intelligent because we just left sphere number eight. The couple makes their business, uh, makes it their business to improve the intelligence of their soul because only together will they see victory. But victory over what? Again, I'm going to say that again. In closing, in this sphere, both people are extremely intelligent, and the couple makes it their business to improve the intelligence of their soul. In other words, they don't want to be ignorant. They're not, they're not going to be ignorant. They're going to study, and they're going to engage one another on a mental plane um, because only together in this sphere, because this sphere represents relationships, but this sphere is victory. But here goes the question. Victory over what, ladies and gentlemen? Why is the sphere of relationships called victory? Do you think you become victorious when you get right here? Or, or, or to become victorious means you have to contend with something. That's the question. So what is it that you have to contend with? And I'm going to tell you what it is. In the next sphere, which is next week's topic, which is sphere number six called Tafarith, which is translated as beauty and represented by the sun. This is not the sphere we've got to contend with. But this is where the couple has to travel into the sphere of light consciousness, as I talked about earlier. And literally, we must understand the science of light because when you leave Tafarith, it's when you leave to forest as a couple. You got to travel to spear number five, and when you hit spear number two, I'm sorry, when you hit spear five, 
and sphere number three. These two spheres is where you meet the dark forces inside of your psyche. And you're going to wish while in that moment that you achieve victory. So what's happening here at sphere number seven for relationship is you are priming yourself to become solar deities because our next station is now we got to go to the sun. We got to go to we got to go to we got to go to the to the light source of our solar system. Once we go to the light source and become garbed in the light of Christ, because that's what's happening. You're becoming garbed in this light of Christ consciousness, this light. When we leave here immediately from spirit six and go to number five, you just went to the dark side of reality. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You just went to the dark side. Spirit number four, you're going to get balanced. But then when you leave spirit number four, you're going to go to spirit number three, and you're going to be back to the dark side again. So after next week, we're going to have two stations that we travel to that are the dark side of the reality. And I'm going to tell you something. These dark sides, you know, if you haven't mastered sphere number nine, your emotions, which means you have not mastered sphere number eight, because to master sphere number nine, your emotions, you have to make an intelligent process uh, decision from your neocortex to be in control of your emotions. So if you ain't master spirit number nine, that's a reflection that you ain't master spirit number eight, your conscious thinking self. Okay? So if you ain't master those two, you are in a world of trouble when you get to spirit number five or spirit number three. And how this relates to you in the outer world is called this, Mars in the sky, called Mars transit, and Saturn in the sky, the infamous Saturn return, you know, when you're 28 to 30 years old and you weren't taking care of your business, and a set of life circumstances that you created based off decisions that you made, the circumstances seemed to be too tough at that time, and at 28 to 30, you was kind of felt like you was forced to grow up, right? That's that's the Saturn return, 28 to 30 years old. Saturn's energy as well is um, Saturn's energy as well. Wait a minute, hold on one second. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> might popping up. But Saturday, um, um, so the the energy of um, Saturn coming through the chart sometimes uh, can also bring about death. Death of a male, especially if it's coming and dealing with uh, dealing dealing with your son and things like that. So it's these again, it's like these set of hard circumstances that we're met with that forces us to grow up. All right, real talk. And Mars is the one that comes and travels faster than Saturn. So Mars is an energy that's aggressive, um, violent, um, accidental prone, especially with sharp objects. And cooking utensils, knives, guns, things of that nature, burglars. It's a very aggressive energy. And in the solar system, in astrology, they call Mars and Saturn the great malefics. These are the bad guys of the solar system. And Jupiter and Venus are the good, good girls and whatnot. So, um, and, and, and again, the internal process of Mars is anger. 
and a lot of us got a lot of anger inside of us, rightfully so, and a lot of us have inherent anger through genetics, um, through slavery and civil rights conditions and things like that. And then all some and some of us have selected to be angry based off of identifying with the past cultural experience of the 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 truth of reality of racism and and segregation and and Mike Brown things of that nature. Things these these are things that actually will make you angry. So we have a selective disorder as well that we are selecting to participate in because it is a hardcore reality. And, and I was I remember talking to my seafood about this and I was telling me uh, with, with, with black folks, you don't see a lot of black folks at spiritual conventions. I'm sorry, it's just the truth of the, of the reality. When you look at Hay House Publishing, who's doing a phenomenal job on spiritual information, and they're publishing all these people, you don't see them publishing a lot of black folks coming out of there. And you, when you go to these um, events, you don't see a lot of black folks in there. You go over to, you take it to the Chinese Kung Fu, Qigong, Tai Chi, if they ain't there, you don't see a lot. Now, we there, but you don't you don't see a lot like that. And where are they at? And I'm telling you that we are in the era of the Mike post Mike Brown situation. You see what I'm saying? So therefore there's a lot of pain. Now, you're not Mike Brown and probably wasn't your family member for a lot of people, um, but it doesn't mean you can't feel you feel you accept the pain, right? And that's a thin line that you gotta walk. That's a very thin line that you gotta walk because your internal chemistry is about to be altered. You're going to go from a happy emotion to a sad emotion or to an angry emotion, right? And this is an internal process that's inside of you. You see what I'm saying? But this is why when we start the Cosmos Sutra course, to go back to that, we're actually dealing with the Qigong practices and learning how to balance out the yin-yang internal forces inside of you to come in balance first before you can be truly proactive in uh, really any area of your life, all right? <clears throat> So it's a thin line that you got to walk. You need a Kung Fu master, literally, where you're going to decide when to engage and when not to engage or how to observe a reality emotionally. Ooh, can you do that? Can you start to observe this phenomenon? Because well, you can't disconnect from your culture. That's not even being that's – not, that's not even embracing reality. You understand what I'm saying? However, you don't have to allow reality to dictate how you feel. See, the thing with the Kung Fu the Kung Fu master is he's not getting emotional when you're attacking him. He's actually in, a, in, in, a, in an emotional situation, but he's actually thinking. And I explained that when we was in week eight. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sorry, not week eight. We were talking about spirit number eight. You see what I'm saying? So can we start to monitor our thoughts, watch our emotions, and when we choose to engage in something, engage in it from the intellectual standpoint of view where we are not – allowing um, um, bad chemicals or the unhappy chemicals to turn on inside of our bodies and our expression. That's when you become the master with it. That, that's what this thing is all about, learning how to become the master with it. All right? So the cosmic couple embraces becoming the master within. The cosmic couple is going to look at complaining versus complimenting. Yes, the cosmic couple is going to embrace the full moon. Um, Cosmic Couple is going to do that. Give me one second. We don't overtime, but Minister Jew calling me, and he was flying, so let me make sure he's good.
Okay, we got Paul Benjamin. I put put him on hold. I had to tell him make sure you was good because you in the air. You all right? Oh yeah, I'm good. Man, where, where you at now? I'm in Atlanta, man. Uh, you just touched down ATL. Yeah, I'm going to get to the Florida area mm-hmm. shortly. That's what's up, man. Mr. Jews headed towards Florida for the Equinox. That's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. It's like I said, man, see if y'all can engage yourself, watch yourself, but when you engage, control your emotion aspect and don't allow the situation to push you in a direction which you say you don't want to go. That's where I left off at on that, man. So um, that really, that's really it, man. Mr. Judah chimed in. You want to add on to anything? I know you was in the air. You probably didn't catch this episode, but we were talking about cosmic relationships, embracing the full moon, embracing the cosmic awareness, just becoming intelligent, because our next our next station is we're going into the light, because you know once we leave Tafar, we got to go to war. We're going to Gabor, and we're eventually going to get to Bina, which is the dark forces of the psyche, man. So if you want to add on to anything for a little OT, Feel free. Oh man, I, I hey man, I know you did did splendid, man. I just was tuning in to catch some of the greatness, man, and see what the bill was all about. Man, I know we were over in the doctor's week, and uh, you know through the week he he was talking to me about how it was going to be a monumental show, man. So I was just trying to catch something, man, in the midst of this travel. But I get in the, the downloads and check it out, man. Once I get stable, so now, nah, man, I was just Tuning in and listen to you, man. That's what it is, man. All right, man. Well, all right, family. So I gave y'all all the ad early a few minutes ago before we went into OT, man. But definitely visit the website. You see the prime minister on his way to Florida. Uh, you can meet us down there. Meet us down there in Orlando. Make it happen, man. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal event. And I can't let the prime minister get off the line without telling you a little something, something what he got going on. What you gonna show? What you gonna share with the people this weekend, prime minister? Um, 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 man, we gonna get into some of this imagination workshop. Um, it's gonna be phenomenal, man. You know, a lot of times we we fight against matter uh, because we truly we hear it all the time, but we don't truly understand the application of mind and thought over matter. And um, I'm gonna show it. It, undisputable evidence uh, where the psyche and the imagination, when put to use, whether knowingly or unknowingly, renders uh, objective realities for people. Uh, so we're going to get into some techniques now here. Uh, we're going to get into some of the brain science. I know Noble probably touched on some of the things that go on in the brain, some of the structures in the brain on this episode. Um, we're going to get into the medical evidence, no no theories, no hyperbole, none of that. We're going to be talking about what's actually going on in the brain uh, while imagining and how important imagining is or imagery is in order to obtain goals. So literally, if you cannot see it, you will not achieve it, period. And um, we're going to show which brain parts are actually responsible for this and actually tie back into some of these scriptures. Uh, You know, these things are holy for a reason. Uh, Sometimes people get the story misconstrued. They take it for secular history, uh, but these books are actually books and stories about a salvational history dealing with consciousness, space of consciousness, um, different structures in the brain, phenomena of light. Um, but it's hard to render that true uh, when you read it in the, um, the translated text. So you have to take it back to the organic language in order to see these things right there in plain sight. So we're going to get into that. 
uh, and make the connections to show people that this is a real science down here this weekend, man. So I'm just excited, man, um, taking in the travel and just excited overall to be a part of, of something special, man. That's pretty much it, man. That's what it is, man. So, again, <clears throat> that's in Orlando, Florida. This weekend, this Friday is the presentation and the workshop. So, definitely, if you can make it down there, make it happen, go to myastrologycoach.com, go to the events tab. You see it's right there. And if you can't make the spring, take us in the summer. In the summer, like I said, we out in Mount Shasta. We out in California. And um, that's where we at, man. So, with that, man, we will see you all next week. Peace. Peace.